0: One. Um we had a uh, special, unique, a different learning session this morning. We um, took a break from Hilchus Talmud which we've been going through. We dedicated our morning's learning session this morning to learning Torah from Moron HaSara Torah. Godel Ador, Ibchaim Kanievsky, Zechrane Levracha. To say those words, you know, we're so used to saying Shlito, Ibchaim Shlito, Shlito. To have to say Rechaim Kanyevsky of Levrach, that's already shocking. It's already very jarring to have to say that phrase. It's going to take time to get used to this. And nevertheless, as they uh, spoke this morning, as Kleisro was forced to give eulogies this morning in Bnei Brak, so the situation, the hour forces and commands us to share what's appropriate together here as an oylem, as a here in Somerton for, again, the, the, the time that's at hand right now. It's time, as we learned his Torah this morning, Reb Chaim Zetzal's Torah and the Hagada. So uh, I'll just take a couple of minutes to share some personal thoughts, perhaps mili de Um I don't purport to be the most qualified, not even the least qualified, um, person of, to, to, to be able to be master of Chaim, um, but again, it behooves us right now, it's our achrayis to share some thoughts, share some words to do what the situation calls for, and what the situation calls for right now is to share what we can, discuss what we're able to, and the greatness, the mindless, the godless of who Reb Chaim Kanievsky's was and what we can take away from that greatness, what we can pack it and move, move forward with on a personal level. There's this famous Klal from Rabbi and we know, Rabbi and Ibeshitz writes, when a great person is taken from this world, so his, his, his attributes, his mindless, his character traits, his greatness, they're up for grabs. They're all up for grabs. He doesn't take it with him. Whatever he works so hard to achieve and to attain, becomes released. It's up for grabs, it's out there in the Rishush Harabim, and anyone can grab it. So what helps us grab on to those traits, the mailas, the attributes of a great person when he's nifter, is to talk a little bit about who he was and what he stood for, get a better idea, better understanding, clear grasp of what we can grab on to. And that's really what we're going to do right now in this, uh, within a, what's within our capabilities to share a short, brief, try to figure out a little bit who Rav was and what he stood for. And uh, the truth is, Rav Chaim's words speak for themselves. Rav Chaim, whenever you know, they would get a talk, whenever they would ask him, what's his secret to becoming great in Torah? As Reb Chaim Kanyevsky was called the Sar Toiro. The Sar Toiro. The Sar Ha-Toiro means the prince. The prince of Torah. That's who he was. The prince of Torah. The king of Torah. For decades already. For decades. Rav Chaim Kanievsky was known as, you couldn't stump him. And if you were stumped, he was the one that you went to. To unstump you. For, for already for decades. I mean, when I was a bacher, when I was a bucher, people knew that if you wanted a source for something, you wrote a letter to this to Yidden Bnei Brak and Rehov Rashbam. You wrote him a letter. Where does it stay this? What's the source for this? And you would get back the answer. It was known already. This is, we're going back decades and decades. It was known that you could write letters to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. He would answer them. He was already then known as the Saratiron. He only grew in his stature. Only grew in his acclaim. Sarat there was nothing he wasn't aware of, nothing that wasn't accessible to him and, and on his fingertips. The Sar Torah. Someone who was a, 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 a walking, veritable, Oitzer Now we have, nowadays, you know, a CD-ROM on, 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 on USB sticks. Kola You can access, you can cross-reference. Sir Reb Chaim walked around with all of that in his head, on his fingertips. And they would ask him, you know, how do you aspire to become someone like that? How can you become the Sar Torah? How do you become this walking encyclopedic um, uh, repository repository of, of wisdom. So his answer always was hasmada. Hasmada. Had to be a masmid. Now, it's, I think that's really one of the main things we have to just discuss for ourselves in the hasmid that we can give together under Buchanan Kanayeski is what it means to be a masmid and what it doesn't mean. So we hear the word masmid. In our minds, masmid is the one who's. You know, you never see him outside the base of Madosh. You never see him without a safer. Wherever he's walking, wherever he's going, he has his nose in the Gemara, his nose in the Mishnabrura. You never see him by the Khasnas waiting for the buses. When he's driving the car, he has the steering wheel in one hand, he has the, the chumash in the other hand, right? His nose in the safer. That's a masmid. That's a masmid. You never see him out of a book, out of a safer. That's not really what a masmid is. And when we hear that, we're like, okay, that's Reb Chaim Kanievsky, That's not me. You know, I have carpools to drive, and, and if I, you know... If I do that, if I have a string in on one hand, the table in the other hand, the, the, the insurance is going to drop me. I can't get away with these things. I have to take my kids to baseball games. I can't be that. Masmid, so forget it. As soon as, as, soon as we hear Masmid, and Reb Chaim writes all the time, they ask him, How do you become great in Torah? Hasmara, Hasmara. Okay, that's not for us. We can't be a Masmid. Masmid, what a Masmid really means, and Rashi and Khumish has a beautiful definition of what Masmid means and what a Masmid is, we can all be a Masmid. Masmid is related to the word Tamid. Masmid is a present tense verb that becomes a noun, is related to the word tamid. A Amasmit is someone who has tamid, timidius. What does it mean, timidius, what, tamid? What does tamid mean? Tamid doesn't mean around the clock. Tamid doesn't mean always. Tamid means consistency. Consistency. Rashi says in Chumash, a beautiful Rashi, Rashi says that Lahallo is neir the menorah has an aspect of tamid. The menorah has tamidius. The menorah in the base of Mikdash had, 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 had uh, the mitzvah of, of, of lighting it tumid, constantly. So Rashi's bothered. What do you mean? You're not lighting it constantly. You're not lighting it 24 7. You light it once a day and then it stays lit till the next morning. Says Rashi, tumid means something that happens every night. It's called tumid. Happens every night, that's tumid. You find tumid by the katars also twice a day. Says Rashi, it happens twice a day, that's called tumid. What do you see from this Rashi? To be a masmid doesn't mean you're never doing anything else, doesn't mean you don't have to worry about dentist appointments. You don't have to worry about taking your kids to the doctor. You don't have to worry about going shopping. it means tug Tegloch. What I do, I do with consistency. And it's unbreakable. It's, 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 it's unmovable. And I make sure I always do it with consistency every single day. That's what a is. A masmid is someone who has consistency. And his starim are unbreakable. His learning quota, he doesn't go to sleep at night until he finishes his quota that he has for himself. Whatever that quota is, a lot or a little... That's not what's important. What's important is it's consistent. Tumid. And someone who has that consistency is a Masmid. And, and, and that's what produces a toiro. And, you know, one more thing. So that's, first of all, it's very relatable. R.K. Kanievsky says, the secret to success in toiro is to be a Masmid. A Masmid, we're, we're all capable of being Masmidim. Masmid just means figure out what you can do and do it every single day. Don't bite off more than you can chew, but don't. You know, set your goals too low, don't set the bar below what you can achieve, but what do you do? Do it every single day. And then we achieve success. You know, it's very interesting. And then both Ribchaim Kanievsky, who became tremendously great, and his father, the Stipler going, who became tremendously great. They were both leaders of Kleist, so each one in their generation. The Stipler was the unquestioned, uncontested leader of, 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 of Ter Jewry, as became Ribchaim Kanievsky in the last couple of decades. They both had two things in common. Both of them, neither, had, neither of them ever had any formal position. Neither of them had any former stellar, Neither the stipler or Reb Chaim Kaneski was a Risheshiva of a yeshiva, was a rav of a shul, was a reish kailah of a kailah, was a rebbe, was a maggot shir, neither of them were. They said shir and the people came to all the time. They answered shilas all the time. They passed in shilas all the time, but neither of them had a formal position. And yet they became the preeminent leaders of their generations. Aleph and Beis, both of them in their youth were not known to be the, the biggest guys in the yeshiva. Neither of them had that reputation, the best guy in the yeshiva. There's a famous, famous story on, um, on, on uh, the stipler, a well-known story, that uh, there was a gavir who wanted, was looking for a, a shidduch and he came into the yeshiva where the stipler was learning and he asked, he asked the yeshiva, no, show me the biggest lamp and he pointed to a bocher, show me the biggest Baki, point to another Bacher. Show me the biggest, uh, 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 the sh- most sharfa bakr that you have over here. Another bakr. And he said, okay, now show me, after all the accolades were finished, show me now the best bakr in the yeshiva. He pointed to a different Bacher that he hadn't pointed to yet. This one wasn't the lamdan, wasn't the Baki, wasn't the harif. He said, I understand, none of the mylas that you showed me so far. Why is this the biggest Bacher in the yeshiva? The best bakr in the yeshiva? So the yeshiva said, he's the biggest masamid. This is the one who's the biggest master. This is the one who's going to be matzliach. And that was the stipler, a famous story. Reb Chaim Kanishi also in his youth was not known to be the top Bakr in the yeshiva. He wasn't. he wasn't. That wasn't his reputation. He wasn't known as like, this is the best guy. And yet he became the Sarat Torah. He became the undisputed, uncontested leader of Torah Jewry through his asmato, through his diligence. That's what takes someone to Hatslacha. You know, it's not... Again, such a such a empowering and reassuring idea for us. Not about you know having the best, longest, biggest, greatest reputation, being known for this, that, or the other. It's what we do on a personal, quiet level. A our consistency, our diligence, our commitment. That's what produces greatness. That's what to produce the greatness of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. One more idea, I think, so so chashev to to be aware of. Rav Chaim was well known for his grueling, demanding, insane regimen of, 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 uh, of his quota, his personal hespic. He finished Tarakula every single year. Every single year he finished Tarakula. And this is Bavli, Yushalmi, Mishnayis. This is Shulchan Aruch, Brura. This is Rambam. This is Taisephta. Alice, he went through everything. Zayar, he went through the Zayar also. Every single year, went through everything. He did close to eight daf a day of Bavli, untold dapim of Yushami. And sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less. You would, his his minute was to do the Yushami together with the Bavli. meaning it wasn't a separate cycle. So when he was doing um, you know, Bavli Brachas, he was doing Yushami Brachas. And in between, he had a chapin, all the Mishnayis of Zerayim. That's when he had to make up the, the Yushami of Zraim. And there's dapim and dapim and dapim and dapim, and dapim of Yushami Zerayim. The kids are, he went through everything every single year. And, and um, you know, again, this is one of these things that we hear about it. Like, forget it, you know, that's, that's, that's not, I mean, maybe for him, somehow he pulled it off. But that's way, 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 way beyond us. Way beyond us. So beyond us that we don't even have a frame of reference for such a thing. No, could be we, we don't. But uh, I, I believe it's not so well known <coughs> that Reb Chaim Kanievsky, the first few times he tried this, he wasn't matliach. He writes this on himself. He writes as a kunchrus, a kontras that I have, where uh, they, um, they Mamish grilled them as o'clock. grilled them on like everything, on everything. And a lot of people grilled them. Sometimes he answered, sometimes he didn't answer. So they asked him how, you know, how this went for him. He said He said, "I always had this dream, you know, of going through Kolla Kula Tarakula every single year of planning it out. He said, "I tried one year, and I failed. It didn't work. I got like halfway. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. I tried a second year. It didn't work for me the second year either. I tried the third year, that's when I was able to get it. That's when I hit the groove. That's when I was able to get into this rhythm of doing kolatari kula every single year. So Stelzachvar, he has a dream to do kolatari kula every single year. And, and just taking that on is a big task. But imagine taking it on and getting halfway and then, you know, failing. What would we do? I'd say, Okay, vice, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But he tried again the second year. And again the second year, it didn't work out for him. And he tried a third time, and that's when it started to work. The lesson for us, obviously, is not for us to try to start doing kolatari kula every single year. The lesson is, you know, we have projects, we have goals. We're going to do yomi. We're going to go through shast, this whole cycle. We're going to finish this masechta, that masechta. We're going to do, we're going to have a, a seder that we're always going to go through all. Gan Pesach, before Pesach. Gan Tzulchus Dal and Sukkah, before sukkas, Projects, goals, things that we, you know, set for ourselves. Sometimes we, we, we succeed, sometimes we fail. But failure is not disaster. And and failure doesn't mean we hit the end of the road. And failure doesn't mean it's not going to happen and it's never going to happen. Failure means it didn't happen this time. It didn't happen this time. Is it a temporary setback? No, it's not even a setback. Failure is par for the course. Failure is how you get to success. You fail, you try again, you fail, you try again. Eventually you get it. Rav Chaim never gave up. Imagine if you would have given up. And after the first time, even after the second time, he said, Gemara says, if something happens twice, it's a simon muvok. Once it's a simon, twice it's a simon muvok. He said, ah, it's a simon from Shemaim. we're so into simonim, right? The Chaim have said, I tried twice, it didn't work, it's a simon from Shemaim. I'm not supposed to do that. No, he didn't say, take the simonim, he said, I'm going to try a third time, and the third time it worked out for him. What a lesson for us, Rabbi Isai. We set goals, sometimes we, we succeed, sometimes we fail, but the failure is part of getting to success. And this is a lesson that the Sarat Torah, the one who had access to all information, is teaching us you know, whether we're ever going to get there or not. But we're, we can get to our own goals, the same way Rechaim got to his own goals. The Gemara says that part of the definition of Torah is, the only way to get to real Torah, to truth and Torah, clarity and Torah, is to stumble first. So the Pashat Peshat, the Gemara means, you get the wrong pshat that leads you to the right Peshat. But an allegorical in the Gemara is, by not meeting your goals, that helps you get to your goals. You try again, and again, and again, and you'll get there eventually. That's the, uh, another lesson, Reb Chaim is showing us. So it's Hasmada, and Hasmada doesn't mean learning around the clock. Hasmada means consistency. Setting goals that are realistic, but not getting discouraged when we can't meet those goals. And whatever we do to do with consistency. These are the milets of Ibrahim, Zechayim that we can grab onto right now. Can I grab onto these right now. One last thing is, you know, the Chesed al-Deshoinach. As I'll talk about Torah, they talk about Chesed, they talk about them going hand in hand. What's the Torah that we want is Torah's Chesed? Torah's Chesed. Chaim Kanievsky was someone whose Torah was Torah's Chesed. As I mentioned earlier, People, for, for decades, 30, 40 years, people knew you could write Chaim Kanievsky, the Seyedin B'nei Brak. You write him a letter, and he'll answer your questions. He got very short, cryptic answers, maybe trying to decipher his answers. Sometimes it's like deciphering a Gabir Hagra, perhaps. But generally, you know, Cain, loy Ulay, Yocha, Loy. Vadai. And where he needed to write a little bit more, he would write a little bit more but he would answer letters, and Reb Chaim, you know, got a lot of fan mail. He got a lot of fan mail, especially as the years went on. He got copious amounts of mail every single day. A lot of fan letters, and, and a lot of Nudnik letters. You know, Yantis. Yantis show letters, people asking him questions, that like, you know, you don't need to write this to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, but they wrote it to him anyway. Well. He, he was asked questions because and he, 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 <laughs> he writes, he writes in his svarim, he says, I see that... The, he writes different things in different places. He says, like, I see right now that the door is very shvach, and they're a of Mishnaburu. Because he says, I get questions all the time which are just Mifurish and Mishnaburus. See, the oylem is very shvach, and they're their Yiddish of Mishnaburu. He writes this. If you ask me questions that it's a Mifurish and mishnah Mishnaburu, why are you asking me? Just go open up a um, um Yeah, we don't have to get into more examples of the... Uh, he questions, but he got plenty of them. And in his spare time, every day he would set aside time. He would set aside time that uh, when he finished, he called them the chayvis, His chayvis, his chayvus was his quota, what he needed to do every single day. When he finished his chayvus, so every day he would he would answer the fan mail. His gabayim would would, would read them. And when, he, when in his earlier years, when he had more strength, he would he would write the answers himself, and he would get his ksav yad kodesh. And in his later years. Gab- he would dictate the answers. To Gaboim. The gabbayim, the gabbayim would write, would, would would pen the answers. But he made time every single day to do this. And they asked him. They said, you know, you have so much to do with your time. It's like your time is very precious. Not like you have extra time on your hands. It, 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 you do also. It's time to slip sideways for a moment. Chaim Kaniewski was a prolific writer. He put out svarim, al gabi svarim, the y- Yushami, the uh, Shoyin Halachas, time at the Kra. Uh, on the Rambam, he, he, he tried writing Svarim on areas that nobody else wrote Svarim on. That was like, he always went for this angle um, to, to write Perushim on, on, on Svarim that, that were like off the beaten track, or stu- subjects and topics that people hadn't put together. Um, and uh, when, when did he write all these Svarim? He wrote them whenever there was an Ibriyar, whenever there was an extra Adar, because he had, his quota worked out, he had his regimen, once he got into that groove, he had, he had it ma- exactly mapped out from Nisan to Adar, had to finish Kolatari Kula, and every two or three years there was an extra month. It was like a, a boon, a gift from Shema. You had an extra month. That's when he would write Svarim. He would write a Svarim with that extra month. So they asked him, like, why every day you have to answer all these, all these, all these letters, all these silly things. Like for every one Shiloh that you get, you get like a hundred dumb questions, and he answered all of them. So why are you doing that? Sirbheim so said, he said, look, people write to me because they feel that I can help them. They feel I can give them the answers. And they get excited when I reply. He was a tremendous honor. He said, "Yeah, they decide to write to me," and I see it makes them happy when they get a letter back from me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have such an opportunity to do chesed with Klal do such chesed when I, I write people back. It doesn't. I just write, you know, one-word answers. I hear the question right away. I see, you know, I I surmise what the answer is usually right away. I give them one one-word answer: "Kain, And I see it brings them such simcha. So, how can I not take, you know, when I finish my quota, when I finish, I, I know what I have to do every single day in learning. When I finish that quota, I have some extra, a few extra minutes. How can I not take the time to be Messiah To do Chesed with Kla Yisrael. And that's why he, he, he wrote all these responsa. All the letters he sent back to everyone was the Torah's Chesed. The Torah and Chesed, how can I not use my extra time? I have extra time on in my, in my, in my hands right now, extra time of the day. All these people are writing me questions. It makes them so happy, it gives them such simcha. How can I not take that time to be Messiah Mechid? Imagine that, Rabbi Yisai. The gadol Ador, the Sarat Torah, who had plenty to do with his time, yet what did he do with his extra time? He answered Yantisha questions. All the Nudniks, the people that could have just opened up a Ketzal Shachonoruch, and found the answer right there, he did it because it was Mesamechim. He did it to bring Yidden happiness and, 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 and Simcha. That's Torah's Chesed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of trying to grab onto something, again, B. Yenis and I-Bishchus tells us everything is up in the air. Let's grab onto that Hasmada, to consistency. Let's grab onto setting goals for ourselves, Let's grab to not getting dejected when we don't meet those goals, to understanding that Yipot yi sometimes, failure is part of success and is never a setback, never reason to be dejected. And let's make sure our Torah is Tehras Chesed, and, and the, 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 the godless, the look, the importance, the chashivas, of being mesameich yidin, doing chesed with other yidn, bringing happiness, putting a smile on someone else's face, if the busiest person in the world could take time out of his busy, busy day every single day to do this, certainly we can. Yihiz zichrei yvaruch. we should be zoiche. At the Aliyah, trying to do today for the Neshama, Reuchayim Kaniyetski, should be an Ali for all of us. And he should be a Melitz Yosher for all of Torah Juri, for ganz Klai Yisrael. We need Melitz him so much these days. Should be Melitz Yosher for us, for everyone. And we should be zoiche. So proudly, we proudly continue the legacy that the modern Sarah the God of the Lord, Praham, Kanyeski, Zachan, Levrach, and the God of the all of our lives.